year, two years, five years, ten years, and then go back. Why do you think that happens? No, dominion, absolutely, that's the key. Because when we're delivered, delivered from our sin and whatnot, dominion is what keeps you going. If you don't have dominion, you will lose your deliverance, right? So this is something that we must establish. So when we say the word de uh, deliverance, what comes to mind? What are some things that come to mind when I say deliverance? What does this word mean? Thanks. To be set free, absolutely. When delivered, we're set free, we're redeemed, all these things, very good. And so what does dominion mean? Richard. Having control, yeah, to be in control, uh, to having the right to rule, to be sovereign, to make decisions. And so people can get powerfully healed and helped and delivered. Their life gets cleaned up. They're, they're completely different. They're a new creation in Christ Jesus. Everything is completely changed. Uh, they're being redeemed here. But then they don't rule their situations. They don't get any dominion. They get no control. And then they go back. And many times they're worse off than their first attempt at being delivered. They go back to the old ways and they're a worse sinner afterwards than they were before. And so this is something we must address. I spoke about a lady by the name of Lisa Matheson that followed up my mom. I actually called mom this week just to confirm the story to be sure I wasn't like. And I said, how did Lisa help you? She says, if Lisa didn't follow me up, I wouldn't have stayed safe. Because there's no chance I would stay a Christian if it wasn't for Lisa. And now we understand Lisa, she went completely the opposite, opposite direction. Her husband died of, um, as, a, as an alcoholic. Her kids are scattered everywhere. She's a drug addict on the side of the street. And so there's a horrible ending to her life. She started off incredible. She got delivered. She was able to help people, was a blessing to the church. I probably wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for that lady, Lisa. And now she is on the side of the road. So that's pretty extreme, isn't it? But that's, that's where any of us can end up. Any of, any of us here. There's not a, um, no, no one here that's like, no, that can't happen to me. Well, yes, it can. <laughs> Very easily, right? If we don't establish dominion. So, we looked last week that life is spiritual, 2 Corinthians 10, verse 2. But though we walk in the flesh, we do not walk war according to the flesh. Okay, so what does this scripture mean when we say, although we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh? What does, what does that mean? So you buy a new a new screen that'll fix the problem. Problems the screen. Problems the and you get a new desk. You paint the room that you're in. You get that's not going to change anything. The problem is internal, and all of our problems, 99.9 percent, .9 are internal. Yet we try and face them and fight them through the flesh, through outward appearances, through through physical things, and it doesn't make a difference. Uh, we spoke last week about if you want to, you people move locations. I want a new start in life. I, I want a change of lifestyle, I want a fresh start, I want all these things. And I understand the appeal to that, but that doesn't change anything because the issue is still spiritual. doesn't matter how big your screen is, if you have not updated Microsoft, you're in trouble. It's not going to change anything. So we must get this uh, on our mind. We looked at Mark 5 with the demoniac of the Gadarenes. Um, you remember he tore his clothes, he lived in tombs, he broke chains, he uh, cut himself. 
And Jesus didn't say you need better clothes. Jesus didn't say you need better friends. Jesus didn't say it's, it's a lot better to live in a house than it is to a tomb because there's bad people there, good people live in homes and explain society. And He didn't say if you have better friends, then you'll stop cutting yourself. He didn't go into any of that. He didn't address any of these issues. Immediately, he rebuked the spirit and the spirit changed because life is very spiritual. So we asked the question, I wonder how many issues you're facing that aren't physical, but spiritual. How many issues you're going through in life is I just need to change that, I need to change that, I need to change that. No, maybe it's just a spiritual issue. And I say most of it. And maybe life isn't so much about difficult situations, but about our own spiritual weakness. It's not about, man, this is a tough situation. Or maybe it's we're not strong enough spiritually to get through. Maybe we haven't established the dominion that we need to get through to the next phase of life. Maybe we're depending only on the deliverance of God, and that's enough for me. Because people don't want to pass this stage. You heard me preach a whole sermon with one backside and said, God doesn't work for me. No, no, he does. The issue is you don't want to establish any dominion. So I'm not sure how much in depth I got into this last week. So deliverance is what God does, okay? Dominion is what you do. You establish dominion. Deliverance is when God does all the heavy lifting, okay? He sends his son to die on the cross for our sins. Uh, he, he died for us. And so through the blood of Jesus, we're completely delivered, delivered. God does all of that. That is God's power. This is what God does. God does all the heavy lifting. But in dominion, you do all the heavy lifting. Why are some disciples stronger than others? Does God play favorites? Does God give more power to some and say, you know what, you're trying really hard, but I don't want to help you? No, no. Dominion is what you establish. It's, it's when you do the heavy lifting. And many times people don't want to establish dominion. They don't want to get this right in their life. So that was the spiritual side of deliverance. And dominion. I'll touch on this each week, but in a different angle. Uh, and I will eventually get to establishing dominion in many areas in your mind and your finances and, 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 and all these other areas. Um, but any questions on that so far before we keep moving on? Spiritual aspect of life. That's why you need to pray, right? The people, they don't pray and they're like, oh, nothing changed. It's fine. No, 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 no. Because spiritual things shift slowly, people change slowly. And this is why prayer is so, so important. Okay. So, last week as well, in the second point, we looked at the spirit of Leviathan, which was a twisting spirit. So, Isaiah 27, verse 1. In that day, the Lord will take his terrible swift sword and punish Leviathan, the swift-moving serpent, the poisoning Leviathan serpent, who will kill the dragon of the sea. So, what, what did we look at? What does this spirit, this twisting spirit, what does it do to you? What's one of the effects that it does to our own life spiritually today? When you have a twisting spirit in your life, how does that affect your life? What sort of things happen again? You get depressed. Yeah, very good. Richard, Jeremy. I just have a warped perspective. A what, sir? Warped perspective. Warped perspective, yeah. And so, like Edge says, so you get depressed because what Richard's saying, your perspective is warped. Your perspective is changed and it's kinked and it's twisted. And when you have a twisted mentality, then your eyesight becomes very, very bad. You view situations as horrible, you view situations as hopeless, you view situations as not good, and, and everything is, is horrible in life. We looked at basketball, um, boys, if someone gets tilted, they're, they're put off, they're, they're, they can't make the basic, um, basic shots that they normally did, they can't make basic decisions. And this is what happens in life when someone is spiritually twisted, basic decisions become super hard. Basic decisions. They, they just can't get a handle on it. 
So this is very, very important. Pastor Mitchell said, life isn't so much about what happens to you, it's how you react. Now, now why is that? Why is life more so how you react, not just what happens to you? Why is this true? How is this true? Bad things are always going to happen to everybody. Right? So we can't say, I'll serve God as long as I have a good life. Because that's turning God into an idol, right? Like turning into the genie in the bottle. I prayed, I rubbed the lamp three times, the genie didn't come out, I'm over this. Right? So it's not about what happens to you because bad things happen to everyone. It's about how you react. And we have to learn how to react correctly. The problem is we don't like to react correctly. <laughs> right? know you go into a situation, you know how you should react, but you don't want to react like that. You want to be a bum, you want to be angry, you want to throw stuff, you want to, <laughs> you know, it, it's inside of us, right? So this is something that we need to get, get to. The devil wants you to view life incorrectly. He wants you to view life wrong. And as soon as you start viewing life wrong and not spiritually, not the way that God intends, that things are going to go wrong and you're going to be in a downward spiral and it's going to get worse and worse and worse. I said this before, how many of you you've talked to someone, maybe we get a testimony, have you ever been talking to someone and you're trying to give them the truth and you give them the truth and they completely reject it? But it's, it's just weird, it's just odd. Like if you backslide, man, you're going to go down. You go down this path, it's going to be this for your family, for this, for that. Ever been talking to someone and they've, they've walked and just maybe get a testimony of that? that you spoke it to someone and then they, they just couldn't comprehend what you're saying even though you were speaking the truth. Any testimonies on this? No one's ever spoken to anybody and they've never had a bad response to you. Jay? someone who's twisted, you view life wrong, you view people wrong, they're all wrong, and you view God wrong, God, God's not right, God's got problems, God's not perfect, and they have a twisted mentality. Have you ever been witnessing to a backslider and they reject it? Why would they reject it? What are some reasons backsliders don't want to get saved? Amazing. They're pride. They're pride, yeah. <clears throat> What's the point of being prideful against God? Like, you're not going to win, you're not going to win that battle. Very good. What are some other reasons they say? They lose the fear of God, 100%. I could just do what I want to do, and it's all good. Although one day we're all going to have to wear our brown pants and stand before God. We're going to be in trouble. And we're going to give an account about this, yeah. Yeah, that's one of the biggest lies of, of hell is that you have more time. What they're saying is right, just do it later. Just do it later. Just do it later. Put it off. And many of us, there's times where most of us didn't respond to the gospel the first time, right? Except for Grace, she got saved a Christian. She was born a Christian. And, and, but the rest of us, we are humans, right? It wasn't, we didn't hear the gospel the first time and then automatically get saved. It took a bit of time, right? Because most of us say, I'll get it right, but I'll just wait a bit. Some of you, the first service you came and you got saved. Some of you, you came for a while and then you waited a few whiles. And weeks. <laughs> Chris was a number of months. Siona was got, came to a concert, got saved, and then the devil was with them, and um, they went out drinking out. <laughs> it's a funny story. Uh, and then he came and he got saved. Numbers of you, you came. It took a little while. Anna didn't think my preaching was any good. She didn't want to come back. Like it's, 
And, and so these are fun stories that we could talk about, that it wasn't a, a total dedication immediately, but it was, it was some time. And many backsliders think, I've still got time to get right. And then they don't realize that Jesus come back, come back any moment. They're one heartbeat away from hell. Um, very, very scary time. Very good. So what are some other reasons when you speak to a backslider? Amen. This is, your life has gone down this path, you know, hell's waiting, God loves you, we all love you, we care for you, why are you doing this? What are some of the other reasons that they say? Yeah, I, I, I have fun sinning, it's easier to sin, so why should I get saved? So is that what you're going to do in every aspect of life? Are you going to quit your job because it's easier to stay home? Right. What are you going to do? You're going to be sitting in traffic, you know what, it's easier for me just to speed. So I'm just gonna go drive on the on the footpath. How does that apply to any situation? But then when it comes to God, I'll just take the easy way out. Right? That's a twisting. That's a twisting of their mind. Uh, I, I love my sin. My sin is pleasurable. Well, we'll, we'll ask that question in a hundred years. Let's see what's pleasurable. What we're doing is the relationship with God or that drink. And for me, because I never drank, it was never like really an appeal to me. So I'm like, why would you go to hell over a bottle of? Alcohol that it's going to go down the drain in the toilet in like 30 minutes anyway. So, so that stuff never made sense to me. But you can get twisted and think like that. So all these are very, very good, right? So the problem is you don't function properly when you have a twisted spirit. Life, you don't fun, you don't do the right things correctly. You go in wrong directions. You make wrong decisions. Eight, a one, a two plus two doesn't equal four to you. 2 plus 2 actually equals, well there's a conspiracy about the number 2 and actually if you put it upside down it looks like 5 and, and this is what people get to, is that basic life decisions don't function correctly and you can get some weird thoughts, maybe get some testimonies, was there a time in your life where you, were, you weren't functioning properly as a Christian and you had some weird thoughts come to your mind, some things that you, at that point seemed right but you look back like how did I think like that, why did I think like that? Now you're realizing because there was a twisting that, that occurred. And so what are some things that, some mind battles or some, some mindsets we have that we don't function correctly? Uh, maybe that you've had or you know someone's had as a Christian. You've, maybe you've come out from that. But some mindsets you had and that was wrong and you functioned wrong before. Any testimonies on that? Because it starts practical, Chris. Uh, for me, when I was going for it, um, yeah, I just remember my mind was just, Church. Wow. 
I didn't tell you off a lot. I don't really go off and tell off new converts. I don't tell off people, right? So there's a, again, so that's, that's good that you're addressing it now. That's what the twisting spirit does. He hates me. He gave me some guidance once. He hates me, right? So this is what something you need to get right in your, and everyone needs to get right in their personal dominion. Is that any time there's some sort of advice given, especially if you've grown up without ever being told anything in life. If you didn't have right relationships with parents, I don't know, um, they, weren't, they didn't bring any discipline or bring any understanding. As soon as you sense some of that, you feel it as rejection, you feel it as this person doesn't like me. The reason they're saying this is because they don't like me. That's why they're saying it. If they love me, they wouldn't say anything. But if, when you realize what love is, love is saying things so you can fix those things so it doesn't bring pain later on. Because we, we have a today view, although leaders have a month, year, 10 year, 20 year eternal, eternal view. And so that's why we deal with situations like this. It's not a big deal, but in the light of things, it, it actually is long term. And so when there's, a, when there's a certain fixings or certain, it's better to work on this, better to touch on that. And then in our mind, because some people, no one here has ever been rebuked like I've like Pastor Ali has done to me, like ever. You have no idea. <laughs> Man, my goodness, right? And so that sometimes, it doesn't matter how gentle I am with people, no matter how gentle, they can think in their mind, he hates me. And then they start vocalizing it. He hates me, he hates me. See, he walked past me, he hates me. See, when he preached that sermon, he looked in that direction, that's where I was. And, and everything, everything. See, he went, you know. Oh, he invited people over for dinner, how come he didn't invite me over for dinner? He hates me. It's because there's a hundred people here. Right? But then, everything in our mind gets twisted. You view everything twisted. When I say hello, why'd you say hello for? Why? What do you want from me? And you get tilted, you get twisted, and, and that's what Daniel's speaking about, is that when there's no dominion in that area, very quickly, very good. They're against me, they hate me. Yeah, that's, that, that's exactly true. I left my family and my money and everything in Australia because I hate you. That's exactly <laughs> what I did. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, very good. Sorry, so you continue on, Damien. Thank you for getting me started on that. Life is full of corrections. Disciple, that's, and I, I treated you like a disciple quite early. Look where you are now. Imagine if I didn't do that. You'd be, you'd be at the airport today, right? <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't, definitely wouldn't be married, right? But it's a great example here, is that Damien listened very early, and look where he is now. So it was like, I don't wanna listen, I don't wanna listen, I don't care, I'm not gonna listen, I'm not gonna listen, I'm not gonna listen, and then they don't get anywhere. See, go on church, doesn't work. No. You just didn't become a disciple. You didn't become a student. You didn't become an apprentice. You didn't become a learner. You became a know-it-all, right? It's, why are you telling me what to do? I already know. Okay, well you come and show us how it's done. And so on and so forth. Very good, great input, guys. Anyone else? I'm gonna add to that. Kayla.
Absolutely. Praise God. Amen. I remember those conversations. And it was just see it out, they'll change. Just see it out, just see it out, just keep going. And it's interesting, right? But we know God speaks to us, we know this is the will of God, but then people start getting in our ear, like, wait, is it really God? Like, I start to doubt myself, right? And so that, then we can be twisted. We're like, Pastor or Pastor Walsh, and he said one issue came up in his church a number of years ago is that a guy married a girl, she was a little bit younger than him. I think she was 18 or something, and he was like 23. So not a big deal, five years, no big deal. And so someone, um, like a relative of hers, of the younger girl, like put in, a, a, tried to accuse the church of them grooming this couple, like since she was like 13, and they're grooming each other. And that's what they do at the Potter's house. They try and get your 13 year old daughters, and they team them up with these older men, and they're gonna wait just to let. Like, what the heck is wrong with you? And Pastor Walsh has to deal with that. He's like, but people become so twisted. And then when you start speaking that to me, yeah, they do that, actually. Yeah, they do that, yeah, they do that. So you need to be very careful the words that you speak, especially at your fellowships. Right? Pastor Walsh touched on it. Are they, are they desirable or destructive? Because some people have fellowship, but it's not fellowship. It's not fellowship. You're speaking about stuff you should not be speaking about. And you bring and you start conversations on what do you think about that? What do you think about that? What do you think about that? Well, come and ask me. It's funny how no one asks me. Until they leave, and they're like, because of that, well, how come you didn't speak to me then? Because you're twisted. Now, do we see where we're going with this? See how this plays out in our life. So many areas we can view, start to view situations as wrong, and we need to make sure we view them right because our destiny depends on it. Proverbs 12, 8. So perverse heart or a twisted mind will be despised. There's a twisting that comes to make weird actions, wrong actions, uncharacteristic behavior. Isaiah 19, 14. So here is a full description. What does Egypt represent in the Bible? Does anyone know when we talk about Egypt? What does Egypt represent in the Bible? The world. So, so, there's, so this person, they, they've got a perverse spirit and they've caused Egypt. So they're like, they, they've turned out to be like Egypt, he's saying. This is the turning, this is the twisting, this is how it's become. And I like it, it says, like a drunken man staggers in his vomit. It's a nice way to put, put it. This is what, it come, what happens when someone is twisted. It's like they're drunk and they're playing in vomit. So the next time you're thinking, yeah, I've got this right. No, actually, you look like a drunken person playing around in the vomit that you just drank. It's just, it's a horrible sight. I mean, you've seen someone get a bit twisted and you're like, that's horrible. That's horrible. Yet they think that they're free, but they've never been more bound before. So that's what the twisting spirit does. It makes you make wrong decisions, bad, bad decisions. And you become twisted in your behavior. So you need to be very careful about what words you speak. Is an interesting thing. I preached on a Sunday morning. Pastor Campbell touched on it. What was I talking about? I think I saw it a lot about it. Pastor Campbell preached on it and at the rally and at the revival. I preached on it Sunday morning. Pastor Walsh preached on it Monday night. We need to get our words down. Your, your mouth is not just to vocalize everything that comes up in here. Your mouth says what you tell it to say. You have, you have dominion over what you say. This is how I feel. I don't care how you feel. The Bible says a fool gives full vent to his feelings. 
It doesn't matter how you feel. You have to have to have dominion over your mouth, what you let out, what you speak. So some people there, that's their, that's sort of what Damon was, was talking about. That's their, their go-to line, you hate me. That's their go-to. As soon as something, you hate me. No, but how, how about you just become a disciple? How about you just sort this out? It's, it's, it's not hatred at all. In fact, it's probably the most love that you ever received. But they're viewing it wrong. You go straight away, I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit on this. Why are you speaking like that? Amen. Oh, amen. I'm feeling God's talking to some people right now. Why are you talking like that for? Stop it. The whole sermon was titled, Stop it. Stop it. Stop getting into your little fellowship gossip groups and, and bringing this person down, bringing that person down, bringing yourself down. Stop it. If you have a Bible says in Matthew 18, if you have an issue with someone, go speak to them first. As soon as you don't speak to them first, you are wrong. That's something you need to repent from. You need to speak to them. But we live in an age where we talk to everyone else before we talk to the person that needs it. And we wonder why we're so twisted. So the main area that the twisting comes is it manifests itself in your relationships with other people. You know somebody's twisted when they start having conflicts with everyone. If I have a conflict with Jonah, then with Dylan, then with PJ, then with Trisha, then with Hannah, then with Chris, then with Mons, I have to ask myself this question. Are all of them evil? Or have I got something wrong with me? What's the common denominator? Because people say, everyone in the church hates me. Okay. Is it everyone in the church that is wrong and you're right? Or heaven forbid, maybe you're wrong. Right? That's quite prideful to say, those 100 people, they're all wrong. I'm right. Okay. Those 10 people, they're all wrong. They've all got an issue. I don't know. If you find yourself having issues with this and then with them and then with them and then with them and then with them and then with them. You're the issue. Okay. Amen? And when I talk like that at Bible Hour, like, it's the saying, you know, if one person calls you a donkey, just who cares? If two people call you a donkey, you say, you know, give it some consideration. If three people call you a donkey, buy a saddle, right? <laughs> it means that if everyone's saying the same thing about you, maybe they're, maybe they're right. Not, not in every situation, but sort of times, right? You start to fight against leadership. You fight against any any understanding or protection like we're talking about with Daniel. And this is the twisting spirit. They start hating leadership. I'm going to touch on leadership in, in sermon this morning. But you have to understand, leadership is not the enemy. The devil is the enemy. You must grasp that. Because the twisting spirit says, they hate me. No, the devil hates you. And the devil would love anything, love, couldn't love it more for you just to be outside the protection of leadership because then you're an easy target. Because any time the devil goes for you, it has to go through me. Spiritually. Right? And through the protection of the Potter's House Church. We don't understand, I think, until we get to heaven, the blessing of our fellowship and the protection that it brings upon us. You see people that leave our fellowship and you see the whacked out things that they do. But as soon as you step out from the covering of our fellowship and under leadership, the devil can get to you just easy like that. Just like that. Very, very easy. Hebrews 13 17. Obey those who rule over you and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls. As those who must give account, let them do so with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. So, obey those who rule over you, be submissive. They watch out for your soul. 
That's a big statement there. They watch out for your soul. Who else watches for your soul? How many people do you know in life that watch your soul? How many people do you know in life that are going to give an account of your soul? This is very important. We must, must grasp this. But when you're twisted, you always go against headship and leadership. And that's why we have such an issue today. Again, I'm dealing with it today uh, in, in the sermon. This will affect your hunger for the things of God, your hunger for righteousness. People who used to love coming to church, they used to come early, they'd be in ministry, they'd, they'd love to serve, they'd give an offering, they'll, whatever needs to be done, they'll do it. But that hunger that was once for the word of God has now twisted and that hunger has now become for the world. There's a twisting, it's, it's changed. And under this spirit, this twisting spirit, Leviathan spirit, those that once built the house of God, because they're twisted, now they're trying to destruct the house of God. And this is what happens. Twisting spirit thinks you're free, but you actually bring destruction on your life and other people, and you isolate yourself. Proverbs 18. Let me give that out. A man who isolates himself, seeks his own, seeks his own desire, he rages against all wise judgment. I've had people tell me many times, Pastor, I'm just a private guy. That's why I isolate myself. So should I believe you, or should I believe the Word of God? Because maybe for the first five years of my ministry, I believed you, right? <laughs> then I found a common denominator. All those who isolated themselves just did what they wanted. His own desire, and when I tried to bring some sort of direction, there was always a raging against wise judgment. So it sounds like someone's twisted here. Alright. Any questions on this? Great comments and great testimonies, and that's that's what makes these Bible hours come to life and we can apply them is through these testimonies. But any other questions? Ed. Oh, yeah, that's that's completely different. You could, yeah, you could talk to your husband, you could talk to your pastor, those things are different. But it's not just not you full give, giving full vent to your emotions, you know, that's it, I've had enough of everything, that, that, there's a balance there. Or talking like sometimes, uh, you know, it's many times I've spoken to my pastor, pastor, I'm feeling this, I'm feeling this, I'm feeling this. And you, I know they're not right, this is how I'm feeling right now, so I sort of need a bit of help here, right? So it's not just, I feel worthless, I'm worthless. It's not a blanket statement, it's this is what I'm feeling. How do I change this? Okay. There's some people that say they just draw a line. No, nah, I'm worthless. No, nah, I'm worthless. No, nah, I'm worthless. And they just they keep repeating that. But you know, your headship is your is your husband, so you can speak to him, you can speak to me, you can speak to connect and oh, your husband is your connect. But, so, but these are the ones you could you could talk to. Absolutely one hundred percent. I'm not saying don't talk about it. What I'm saying is don't give full vent to everything. Just as soon as you feel it, you you speak it out over your life, right? But yeah, you need to speak to someone about it. Hundred percent. I do it all the time. All the time. I need a very good question. Talk to the right person. Don't talk to the lukewarm, carnal person, backslider in the church, most rebellious guy in the church. I feel like Pastor hates me, eh? And the next person, oh yeah, he hates me too. Yeah, we the Pastor Hates Us Club. Pastor, I sought counsel, godly counsel, and this is what they said. Someone that you shouldn't be speaking to, and you cause them to stumble. 
You're on your own. Jesus said, if you cause one of these little ones to stumble, better that you'll stumble hung around your neck and you drown in his head. So, like Angel's saying, yeah, you can speak to your husband, you can talk to lead, speak to leadership. You think you can go around the church speaking whatever you want to anyone else? All the best. You're going to be in big trouble. Not only here on earth, but cursing yourself here on earth. And you wait. Imagine standing before God and saying, the reason this person went to hell is because of the words I said to him. Stop it. Let's just close real quickly on a welcomed guest. Anyone that gets twisted always chooses to be twisted. You welcome that spirit in. There is no spirit that can get access to your life unless you open the door. Okay. Um, people they have a circumstance and they let their mind wander. And that's sort of what Chris was speaking about. You go to those areas in your mind where you sort of got deliverance over already, but you open them up again. And you establish things that you, you already conquered, but they come back and you let your mind go to places you know you shouldn't go to. The mind is one of the biggest battles you have to face because no one knows except for you. And only you know the areas you go to your mind where you shouldn't be going, you should be going in and whatnot. Okay. So as many of you know, the equipment's a little different this morning because and the sound and what we got robbed on Friday night. They came through, took all the gear on the stage, except the keyboard. I don't know why they didn't take the keyboard. It must be beautiful. Um, <laughs> speaker was falling over. They took the sound gear. Um, the, the computer was unplugged. They were ready to take that as well. They would have taken everything, I think, if, if the speaker didn't fall over and they probably freaked out. Um, and so in that circumstance, it's okay because we have insurance, right? So it's annoying for today. It's annoying for the next couple of weeks until we get everything sorted. I have to do a few set up, pack up, borrow some things. But eventually, we've got insurance. We're going to get the money back for, from it. We'll buy new stuff. We'll be fine. It's, it's no problem. Right? That's a perfect picture of what dominion looks like. They will come to your life, cause problems, steal things, ruin your, try and ruin your life, do all of this. But when you have dominion, it's like having insurance. It's like, yeah, it's a bit annoying, but it's okay. We'll be fine. God's on my side. I'm not going to. Oh, we got robbed, that's it, we're doing this, and we're going to do this, and we're, yes, we're going to choose. We'll probably change a few things. Probably set up my AK, just, no, just, you know, just send some of my old friends from Melbourne, see if they fly, fly over, <laughs> right? We'll change a couple of things, but I'm not going to change my life. And some people, the devil comes to steal some things from your life. If you don't have dominion, it's like having no insurance, and you're like, my life's over, got no future. Everything I've worked for for so long. I've been getting the gear, bought better gear every time, trying to get good equipment that will last because if you buy old equipment or, or not so good quality equipment, it's going to break in the church. I've realized I just bought better stuff, saved up extra time, bought better things, and it's all gone. I mean, you imagine you live your whole life, you, you invest, you give everything out that it's all gone, and you think, oh, my life's over. But if you've got insurance, it's no big deal. So what happens when you have dominion? It's no big deal. When we had the rebellion at the start of last year, or just over a year ago now in New Zealand, people came to me, Pastor, you okay? I had people from Australia calling me, Dan, what are you going to do? What do you mean, what am I going to do? I'm going to do the same thing I've been doing for 16 years. I'm going to serve God and love Jesus. But you're going to stay, you're going to go, why the heck would I go and be an idiot? It didn't, it didn't even come to my mind like a millisecond. Like a millisecond, honestly. 
I had I sort of rebuked a few of my mates. They're like, no, nah, we'll just check. And I was like, no, nah, Jay, you see these? That's what I'm like. like what's wrong with you? Of course I got them. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not that stupid. I'm not going down that path because I didn't allow my mind to go down that path. And even though the waves are, are rushing and it's getting smashed around, disciples think they're going to die. Jesus is asleep because he has dominion. When you have dominion, it doesn't matter what happens. Jesus is in the boat. Is Jesus with me? Yes or no? That's what we need to know. Is Jesus with me? That's, that's it. Because if Jesus is with me, who do I have to fear? Who am I going to fear? Yeah, but they open up their church. So what? Who cares? Do you think that's going to affect our church? No. We've got, we've got insurance. And our insurance name is Jesus Christ. Right? So we'll be okay. But getting insurance means you need to pay some money. Before. So I won't pay insurance, I'll just save that 40 bucks this week, this month. And then when, once twelve, fifteen thousand $15,000 of gear gets stolen, ah, I wish I paid that money, it's not a big deal now. But those times where I had to discipline my mind, it was a, it was a little hard, but it, it's got me here still focused on God now. If you don't discipline your mind, you end up in places you never thought you'd be. And the cost of getting back to those days is going to be very expensive if you don't have to make very rarely do I see people go full extreme this way, but actually come back. Very rarely do people who live, walk in rebellion come back and repent. Because I was, as I was talking to someone yesterday, rebellion is this, the sin of div divination, the Bible says, or demonic, or witchcraft. They're connected. Divination means you make decisions by the divine, not by the holy divine, but the demonic divine, which means by the demonic spirit. That means your decisions are influenced by the demonic. That's why you start speaking rebellious words your mind starts getting influenced by the demonic. And you become twisted. Okay. So this is basically people say, how do you how do you get dominion? Obviously, I'm going to touch on it in many, many areas, but it's it's your own choice. I will not allow this search circumstance to change my mind. Jesus is true, the word of God is true. No matter what happens, no matter what I see, no matter what I experience, no matter what they say, this is what is right. I will not change my view of God because of a circumstance that I had. I have to cast down those thoughts. Their thoughts come 100%, but make those thoughts your slave. So speak words of life, even when you don't want to speak words of life. Well, I don't want to be faith. Those times you need to be speak faith. The worst thing you can do is be true to your feelings. Because your feelings are going to lie and they're going to change. Punish your own disobedience, the Bible says. Punish your own disobedience. And the way you do that is you become obedient. You do what is right, even when you don't want to. So you keep going, and when you keep going, you keep going, keep going, then you realize, man, I'm much stronger. Weights don't change in the, 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 the weight. If it's a 20 kilo weight, it's always gonna be a 20 kilo weight. The only thing that changes is your muscle. And whether it's hard or easy, depends on your muscle. And if you are strong, that won't be a big deal. But if you're weak, it's gonna be a big deal. And so you need to continue to make yourself stronger through the smaller weights, They'll get you stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. Then those massive issues you, you faced in life, man, it's such a massive issue. How could I, I, I can't get through that. When you're stronger, you're like, yeah, I can do this. I can break through on this. And some of you, maybe you're going through something. Could I just say, it's just a little way. Get through that. And soon enough, you'll look back, you're like, did I really worry? Did I really worry about that? When you're curling, you know, 50Ks, you know, like it's nothing. No big deal. Did I really worry about that? But if you stop, if you put the weight down every time it gets tough, you'll never grow. 
And if you put your, put your armor, spiritual armor down, every time it gets tough, you'll never grow. So this is one element of the twisting spirit. I'm going to get into all the other ones over the next few weeks and months. But it's going to be a good series. I hope that helped you this morning. I hope it did. Uh, but we'll establish more things. Any other questions or comments before we wrap it up? And then have our police appreciation there. Okay. All good. All right. So make sure everyone come. Make sure you're greeting them. Be nice. Be happy. Make sure you actually sing in the song service. Don't just look around focusing. Say amen during the sermon. Uh, it's going to be good. We're going to have a great morning. Then we're going to have lunch. Just so we know, I'm just going to pray over the food at the closing prayer. And then you, if everyone could help people move in to their get started. All right. Lord bless you. Start our service about.